Did you know there is a natural nutrition therapy that shows amazing promise for concussions and traumatic brain injuries? With three to four and a half million concussions a year from sports, accidents, and military duty, we need to be concerned. Welcome to Nutrition Edge on ReachMD. I'm dietitian Kathy King. My guest today is Dr. Michael Lewis, retired Army Colonel with 31 years of service and former NIH medical researcher in infectious diseases and traumatic brain injuries. He now has a nonprofit called Brain Health Education and Research Institute. Dr. Lewis's new book is titled, When Brains Collide, What Every Athlete and Parent Should Know About the Prevention and Treatment of Concussions and Head Injuries. Michael, welcome to our program. Thanks, Kathy. It's great to be with you today. Given your background in infectious diseases, how did you become interested in traumatic brain injuries in the military and concussions in sports? The simple fact was that I had been brought back from overseas to teach at the medical school in Bethesda, Maryland, the the military medical school, and it's on the grounds of the Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, and we're in the middle of a war. And so there's lots of wounded warriors around us, and you go to the gym, and they're you know running on a treadmill, missing a leg or two, and you really start to think, well, what is it that I can be doing to help our military's effort? Infectious diseases obviously are important, but the more immediate thing on hand was all these injuries, the visible ones. But, you know, I got to thinking about what about the the ones that we don't see, the head injuries. And about the same time, the Sago mine coal mine accident happened in West Virginia around January 2006. And they were left with one guy that they pulled out of the ground who needed anything that they could do to help his brain recover. And they used high-dose fish oil. And I kind of put all that together and said, why are we looking at that to help with traumatic brain injury in our recovering soldiers? It was a natural progression of thought there. Very good. And sports with concussions? When you start to look at military concussions and you realize there might be, you know, at the time, at the height of the war, there might be a couple hundred or even a couple thousand head injuries per year. The natural progression is when you're looking at three to five million concussions a year, where are they coming from? And the answer is really we have 44, 45 million kids playing sports every year. And as best as we can guess, at least one to two million kids, youth, have concussions every single year. And so just looked at the numbers and said, this is a much bigger problem, not to ignore the the military, but Sports is a huge problem. That's exactly right. And you hear about that so much more in the news today. What are the symptoms of brain injury and how does omega-3 seem to help that? Well, the CDC basically breaks down the, the symptoms into sort of four big categories. Thinking, cognitive, memory, sleep issues, physical issues such as headaches, dizziness, loss of balance, and emotional issues, irritability, depression, and so on. And what I have found clinically has been that when you think about the pharmaceutical industry, they're looking for those enzymatic targets down in the weeds to try to stop a process from happening. But what fish oil, what omega-3s do is... Basically, they're at the top of the food chain, and all the downstream effects are phenomenal, and they literally can reach into 
each and every one of those areas and you know there's tons of scientific literature that covers a lot of those different areas most people think of fish oil and omega-3s as heart healthy but um, there's there's a ton of literature scientific literature about the effects on the mental health and and now growing uh, issues um, and science reports on how it can help after a traumatic brain injury. As a dietitian, I was very interested when I read in your book that many of the young military people are very low in omega-3s because we don't eat the foods that have the omega-3s in them. Could you talk about that for a minute? Does that cause a brain injury to be worse or set you up for brain injury? Well, you, you can't talk about um, low omega-3s without understanding the balance with omega-6s. And so really when we look at the omega-3 levels and the way it's measured in the blood, it's a percentage of total fatty acids. And so it's really a zero-sum game. So some people would say, and I think rightfully so, that we don't have as much of an omega-3 deficit or problem in the United States is not nearly as much as what we have is an overabundance of omega-6s in our diet and the food supply. Um, and subsequently, you know, you are what you eat. And so our bodies reflect that intake. And so what's happened is mankind developed and our bodies are enzymatic processes for elongation and desaturation of the, of the omegas we're meant to be in balance. And so omega-6s and omega-3 use the same enzyme processes. And we've become so overabundant in omega-6s from soybean processed foods, animal feed supply. So it's the chicken, it's what's the chicken fed, it's the grass-fed beef, beef versus corn-fed beef and so on. And so what happens is omega-6s are very pro-inflammatory, very pro-thrombotic, whereas the omega-3s are meant to balance those. So they're anti-thrombotic, which makes them heart healthy. And so while mankind developed an even balance, when I did a study with the NIH looking at military members, we found that we were so out of balance as a society, as a, as a cohort, that it was 25 to 1 in favor of the omega-6s compared to the omega-3s. My theory is that that is just like putting, it's like smoking at a gas station. I mean, it's putting fuel on the fire. And so you're getting the inflammatory reaction after a head injury, and it sets us up for chronic inflammation without it being resolved because we've lost that balance. And the longer-term effects, and meaning years, decades later, are things that are really inflammatory mediated and just were never brought into balance, such as CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. That's the end state of that chronic inflammation. Um, and you could argue Alzheimer's and Parkinson's as well. I was wondering if you would say something like that, because yes, we're all sort of questioning that kind of a connection there. All three of those, in some way or another, all are about the accum you know we talk about the accumulation of tau and beta amyloid in the brain mm -hmm. but is it an overproduction or is it a lack of clearance in being able to 
get rid of that natural substance that starts to accumulate uh, if we're not clearing it. And and to me, that's really an inflammation issue. I, I can see that. And I would like to then take it to the next step. And what kind of successes have you seen by using omega-3s with brain injury patients? There's three areas I would break it down to. One is the power of it really became well known to me was in severe traumatic brain injury. So and the one case that I always point to, which Sanjay Gupta picked up and did a whole special on and stuff like that, published it as a case report in a scientific journal, it was an 18-year-old that was in a severe car accident. And basically, the parents were told to pull the plug and let the kid die, that they, he had no meaningful chance of recovery, would never come out of a coma, and so on. And then I've seen this play out hundreds and hundreds of times since then. But what happened was the parents refused to accept that. And they were put in contact with me, and I convinced the neurosurgeon, you've got nothing to lose. It's just fish oil. It's just nutrition. You're not doing anything else, and we got nothing to lose, and there's no harm. And I know you have a lot of doctors out there who are going to try to argue with that, but literally, there's no harm. I've had patients on really high doses for years without any issues, uh, including no issues with bleeding, which is the big one that they always throw in the way is saying, well, you could hurt the patient. When they're in a coma and you're telling the parents to pull the plug, how are you going to hurt the patient? And you're not. And so what happened, the short of the story, is the kid went to his high school graduation three months later. And that just really was a wow moment that when you saturate the brain with what it took to make a brain in the first place, the recovery has the potential to be dramatic. The second area is concussions, you know, sort of your walking, talking patients. And thousands of people that I've worked with have had dramatic improvements in those four areas that I talked about that the CDC kind of lumps things into. And the third area, surprisingly, is what if you had a better balance of omega-3s and 6s before an injury? Would that help? And I've worked with some soldiers deployed in Afghanistan and Iraq, and the ones that were taking fish oil supplements and eating much healthier diets and were exposed to IED blasts or even severely injured had a much better recovery or not even injured when the guy to the left or right of him was injured. And so the idea of using it in a preventive mode is really intriguing. Again, it's basic nutrition. Yes. You're listening to Nutrition Edge on ReachMD. I'm Kathy King. I'm speaking with physician and nutrition scientist, Dr. Michael Lewis, and we're talking about when brains collide. Michael, what are your general nutrition guidelines for improving normal brain health? And you've already said that you haven't found any side effects with too much omega-3s. That's true. And as I mentioned, it's a zero-sum game, so you really want to decrease the amount of, in my mind, two major areas. One is the omega-6s, the processed foods. And omega-6s are very stable. Omega-3s boil very quickly. And so it's natural that we would use omega-6s to process food so that we can ship it around the world or across country or sit on the store shelves and so on. So you really need to eat fresh, healthy foods around the outside of a grocery store where the healthier foods are. In some ways, if it doesn't have to be refrigerated and isn't going to spoil in a week, then it's probably processed and high in omega-6s. 
And the other area that's really just in big, broad, general strokes is carbohydrates. Certainly cutting down on processed sugars and carbohydrate intake is a very brain-healthy way to approach life. When you have a brain injury, what nutrition therapy do you suggest to the patient's physicians? Well, what I suggest is if they're not already taking omega-3s, and this can be done down a feeding tube or it can be done, you know, voluntarily, you know, with the patient, is to get them on a good dose of omega-3s daily. And now I like to sort of saturate the brain up front kind of as a loading dose over a week or two because science tells us it takes up to 12 weeks to reach saturation with omega-3s. And when you're talking about an injury, I, I don't want to wait 12 weeks. I, you know, I want to wait 12 hours if I couldn't, if I didn't have to. And so using triple or, you know, even higher amounts of doses of omega-3s saturates the brain much, much quicker. And it's not just the DHA and and how you're changing the structure of the cell membrane, but it's also the EPA that works on getting more blood flow to the brain, the eicosanoid pathways, as well as the decosanoid pathways that really have an amazing ability with higher doses to make a difference in somebody's life sometimes within 24, 48 hours. Oh, my gosh. I mentioned a while ago that I called you a nutrition scientist. Is this a new thing for you as a traditionally trained physician? It is, and I'm not sure I would even call myself a nutritional scientist. My father was a general surgeon. I went to medical school to be a surgeon. You know, I'm as traditionally trained doctor as you'll ever find, and, you know, I spent 31 and a half years in the Army. But I just felt like while we're really good at the acute care, and nowhere have we seen that more in head injuries and the battlefields of Iraq and Afghanistan, the acute care is phenomenal. We're keeping people alive that 10, 20 years ago would never have survived. I started to become frustrated that we're not really dealing with the chronic situation, the aftermath. And I really think that nutrition has a profound impact on that that is completely underappreciated by the medical community and physicians in particular. As a dietitian who's worked in this field for 45 years, I would totally agree with that because my whole background has been in in prevention and, and chronic care. Would you mention just for a minute here about um, the suicide problems and whether or not brain injuries could have something to do with that? Well, I think it's twofold. One of the first studies that I did when I started to get into this field, and so I I asked the question to the head of research at Walter Reed, I said, is anybody looking at omega-3s to help our soldiers recover from traumatic brain injury? And the answer was, no, why don't you? And I didn't know anything about it. And so he said, you're the only one asking the question. So I had to learn, and I had to learn quickly. And so I started reaching out to all the world's leading experts on omega-3s and brain health. And after I got to know the three or four people that actually knew anything about it, (laughs) there was a very small community. One of those guys was a uh, psychiatrist at the NIH. And as we're talking, I'm looking at traumatic brain injury. He's a psychiatrist. He's looking at suicide and depression. And he said, well, if we could just draw blood on people before they commit suicide, we could answer a lot of questions. And I'm like, well, geez, that's easy. Why didn't you tell me that before? And um, 
because the military draws blood on people all the time, and, and there's 50 million-plus specimens sitting in a freezer in Silver Spring, Maryland, with all of DOD's data behind it. And that's basically how we started to look at suicide in the military, and we found that there was a, a 62% increased risk of suicide with low omega-3 levels, and BHA in particular, low DHA levels in the blood and 62% increased risk. And that was higher than anything else we looked at. We looked at psychiatric issues and, and hospitalizations and ICD-9 codes and surveys and so on. And we found even if your best friend was killed in combat next to you, that was only a 52% increased risk that you would commit suicide. So here was a nutritional marker that has profound implications on brain health and the ultimate end state of brain health is, you know, somebody has such a devastating situation of brain health that they commit suicide. That's something that we could change for pennies a day. And suicides, of course, are much more complicated than that. But our theory is if you can change the omega-3 status, you could change the trajectory of whether somebody spirals down all leading into depression and ultimately into suicide. One of the things that we know in nutrition and also in chronic disease is that everyone is so completely individual and that what is recommended for one might not work as well or could be too high or too much for another. Um, but could you summarize uh, a few points that you want us to remember about this discussion about um, brain health and, uh, and omega-3s? The FDA tells us that 3,000 milligrams of EPA and DHA per day is what they call generally recognized as safe. And it'd be great if we could get our patients to be taking 3,000 milligrams or anywhere near 3,000 milligrams of EPA and DHA. The, the average American intake is about 100 milligrams, not 3,000. And so it's Something that you can recommend for patients that is relatively it's cheap, it's inexpensive, although you know you want to find good quality fish oil, which is a whole different discussion. And so we really need to look at what's the balance. And you can measure this in the blood. And it's something that, in my mind, we should be doing as routine as we do check cholesterol, we should be looking at what's an omega-3 index or an omega-3 level in our patients because it has such profound implications, not just mental health, but heart health and so on. And so the couple of things I would say is there's no downside to using omega-3s on a regular basis. Measure it is even better. And if you're ever in a situation where somebody's struggling to recover from a concussion or even worse, they're in a coma, the last thing we ever think about is nutrition. And that should actually be the first thing we think about because there's just, you want to help create a neuropermissive environment to allow the brain the opportunity to heal if it's going to heal. Because omega-3s, they're not a drug, they're not a cure. They're just providing that nutritional foundation to help the brain heal if it's going to heal. Thank you. Thank you. As a nutritionist, this is so refreshing <laughs> to, to hear these kinds of statements because between water, air, 
and nutrition. Those are the things that maintain the body for the rest of your life once you've been born. Our guest has been physician and nutrition scientist, Dr. Michael Lewis. We've been discussing when brains collide, what every athlete and parent should know about the prevention and treatment of concussions and head injuries. I'm Kathy King, and you've been listening to Nutrition Edge on ReachMD. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, featuring podcasts of this and other series. Thank you for listening.